Um, we're also really excited about what our purpose is at Good News, and our purpose is going to come up on the screen. If you would say this purpose with me, it's to reach and transform people by the power of the gospel and biblical community. We uh, believe in the power of Jesus. We believe in the power of the gospel, and that is foundational on the resurrection. We've been walking through the book of Mark this year, and we've gotten to the very end. We only have uh, just a little bit left in Mark, and we're going to spend some time looking at that uh, today. And I thought as we're talking about the resurrection, there's no better way to start the service than to hear how the power of the resurrection has affected somebody's life. So Caitlin uh, Williford is going to come up here right now, and uh, she's going to share a little bit about how uh, the resurrection has changed her life, mainly through the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. Now, some of you, hey, Caitlin. How are uh, you? Good, how are you? Good Make morning. sure this on. Check, check, check. All right, it's on. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry that is at our Wildwood campus that, that gives uh, hope to those that are, that are hurting, that are in habits and hang-ups. And um, so I just wanted you to share a little bit of how the power of the resurrection, the power of Jesus has worked through CR. And so how have you seen uh, Jesus use CR in your life? Of course, well, I'll start and I will say that I am a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with addictions. And I'm Caitlin. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a great program and Really, it's helped me get connected within the church to find people that are like me, that believe in Christ, that struggle, uh, just to develop relationships and grow and heal with them and around them. So it's mm -hmm. awesome. That's awesome. And uh, what are you most excited about this year, about Jesus using CR in yeah. your life? As a group-wide thing, we are starting a step study uh, right after the beginning of the year, which is super exciting. So it's a time to really dig deep within yourself and to grow with Jesus and look at who you are and how you can improve. Um, that's really awesome that we're going to start that. And then on a personal level, um, I stepped out, stepped up as an opioid champion. So wow. overdosing is incredible. The amount of people each die who are each day who die and who don't realize how dangerous these things are and just getting more knowledge out there about that and mm. really, really getting involved in the community as far as, as far as that goes. Yeah. So. The power of the resurrection yes, is real in your course. life. And yes, uh, how can people get involved in what Jesus is doing through Celebrate Recovery? Uh, first, I would say show up. <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm. Um, all of us struggle. No matter if it's a big hurt or a small hang-up, we're here. And it's a great place to come and be human and, to, like I said, dig deep. So you get to grow with Christ and with yourself and work out your salvation. So mm. show up. That's the first step. And if not, then tithing. Uh, supporting the church is a great way because this is just another program that the church has for us. Um, so like I said, just show up or support the church in any way that you can, whether it's money or time or it's just great to be involved. Awesome, so. awesome. Can I pray for you? Yes, and for CR? Lord, I thank you so much for Caitlin and thank you for how you have worked in her life such an amazing way, Lord. I'm so thankful to see the power of the resurrection in her life. Lord, thank you for setting her free. Thank you for allowing her to, to be a light in this community. And Lord, I pray as we look at your word this morning that we be inspired by it, that we would be forever changed because a dead man walked out of the grave. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much, Caitlin. Thank you. It's so only a few more days left in 2018, and some of you cannot wait for 2019 to get started, right? Because you've had, you've had, a, you've had a rough year. 
And as we're thinking about the resurrection, sometimes it's good to think about having a redo, right? There were some teams yesterday that were desperately wanted to have a redo, right? After a few things uh, went wrong after kickoff and those blowout victories of those teams, they wanted a redo. And I think that's why we like the calendar turning over, because there seems like there's a redo. Yeah, everyone starts zero and zero. Everyone starts over. Everyone starts new. Everyone starts afresh. And that's why I wanted Caitlin to start off our service so you could hear a little bit about how God has changed her life and how she's been able to start afresh. Because we don't have to wait for the calendar year to turn over. We can find hope in Jesus now because a dead man walks out of the grave and that changes everything. You see, the idea about someone going to death and then being raised from the dead, it's, it's almost unbelievable. But I think that's exactly the point, is that we don't want to fall after a Lord. We don't want to fall after a God that isn't, that isn't truly uh, astonishing, right? I mean, what he did and what he's done for us is truly amazing. And I'm so thankful that a dead man walks out of the grave. I'm so thankful that that changes everything because I desperately need it. My 39th birthday is coming up in about, in about uh, less than two weeks. So my last year in my 30s. And as I get older each and every year, I realize that more and more I need Jesus. I mean, every time that I uh, get out of bed and, and interact with my family and, and come to work, I'm made more and more aware that I need the resurrection power in my life. You know, just recently I was listening to a theological podcast, like a good pastor, <laughs> learning some more so I could teach you more about what God is doing in my life. And I get to this intersection, I just put it on, I get to this intersection right over here, turning on the 95, and if you're coming from, from the westbound IGP onto uh, 95 South, you are supposed to yield at that sign. No one ever yields. And so I come on the 95, I see this car whipping around, I'm listening to this theological podcast, and this guy cuts right in front of me. And so what does holy, holy Andy do? <laughs> Slam on my horn, start yelling things, put my hand out the window, tell him he's number one, there it is. You see, I, I need, I need Jesus. I need the resurrection power in my life. How, how about you? Do, do you? do you struggle with things? Are there relationships that you struggle with? Do you wish that you could start things over? Well, in Christ, you can, because a dead man walks out of the grave, and that changes everything. This is in Mark chapter 16, and we've been going through the book of Mark this year because the, the Wycliffe Bible translators, this is the first book of the Bible that they translate because they believe that it's a, it's a book of hope for people that desperately need it. And that's why we chose this book this year, to go through it, to walk through and see how uh, Jesus can give us hope. And here we are at the resurrection in Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought, brought uh, spices so that they may go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. 
you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they lay him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There, there you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb and said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and those who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them as they were walking in the country. These returned and reported to the rest, but they did not believe them either. See, someone is dead and three days later, he is alive. You know, how, how could anyone believe that? Uh, how, how could they know that this happens? Well, we believe here at Good News that a dead man walks out of the grave and that changes everything. And we believe that there is awesome evidence for the resurrection. There's awesome evidence in people's lives, just like Caitlin, uh, who, who's been set free of addiction because of the resurrection. And we believe that the Bible is very specific about people that saw the resurrected Christ as evidence that he has been resurrected. We recently talked about Jesus going to the cross. And as he was going to the cross, someone was carrying the cross for him because he was so weak. Do you remember who that was? It was Simon the what? You guys remember? Simon the Cyrene. And isn't it interesting? It specifically names that person. It doesn't just say Simon the Cyrene. It says that he's the father of Rufus and, and Alexander. And they're very specific about who that person was because this was not an area where millions and millions of people were living. This was an area where people would have known each other, where people could have gone and asked, hey, did you actually carry that cross? And it's the same thing with the resurrection. It's the same thing uh, with the story about Jesus coming out of the grave. We look at the, the, the gospel accounts about who wrote them. I mean, John Mark, this, this gospel account of Mark, he was a Greek, but he was hanging around with the disciples because he wanted to see what Jesus would do next. You have Luke who wrote a, a, a gospel account, and he was a doctor, and if you know any doctors, doctors need to know details. They need to know specifics. And that's exactly what Luke did. He was interviewing people. He was seeing people that were close to the resurrection. He wanted to know what happened. He wanted to know the details. And he recorded each and every one of the details. The Gospel of, of John, he, he was one of the first people that went to the tomb because he wanted to see uh, Jesus resurrected because of Jesus proclaiming it. And you think of the Gospel of Matthew. He was, a, he was a tax collector. He was about as far away from God as you could possibly imagine. But he was completely changed because a dead man walked out of the grave. And that changes everything. One of my favorite stories about life change is James, the, the brother of Jesus. Before the resurrection, you never see anything of James. Nothing in Scripture about James. I mean, can you imagine your brother telling you that he is the savior of the world? I mean, what would he have to do to show you that he actually was? See, I think all the times that Jesus was saying that and Jesus was proclaiming that he was Lord and Savior, James was just rolling his eyes. There goes my perfect brother, always doing perfect things. But then he raises from the dead. 
And James sees that. And you know what happens to James' life then? Is he goes from never being on the scene at all to being one of the main leaders in the church. You remember that coward Peter who denied Jesus three times? He was always a, a home run or strikeout kind of guy, right? He was always going, swinging for the fences. And he denied Jesus three times. But Peter was crucified upside down for his faith in Christ. Do you think that if it was a hoax? you think it was something that he didn't actually see? you think at that moment he, when he was sitting on the cross about to die a painful and terrible death, he would say, listen, the, the hoax is up. It's, it's not really true. See, he didn't die for something that he believed. He died for something that he actually saw. See, a dead man walks out of the grave and that changes everything. I mean, think about Paul. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He was killing Christians. He was beating them up. He was throwing them into prison. And then he has a moment through the power of the Holy Spirit with Jesus. And then God uses him to write many of the letters in the New Testament. See, a dead man walks out of the grave and that changes everything. Jesus appears to several people. He appears to a crowd of 500. Do you know if you believed in the resurrection for the first 300 years after it, do you know what it got you? Do you think it got you accolades? Do you think it helped you get, uh, get, go, uh, succeed in society? Do you think that happened? No, you see, if you believe in the, th- in the resurrection up to 300 years after that, you know what you got? You got tortured you got jailed, you got persecuted, you got possibly put to death. See, if that, if that was a hoax, if that was something that was just a story, it wouldn't, have stand, it wouldn't have stood up under all of the pressure. Some people will say, well, the people that wrote the gospel accounts, they did it a few decades after the event happened. Well, let me tell you, are there things in your life that you remember from 20 years ago? Are there? I mean, I mean of course. I mean, we remember really silly things from 20 years ago. Let me give you an example. I'm I'm confident that many of you can help me out with this. There was a show on about 20 years ago called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If I start the theme song, I'm sure many of you can help me finish it, right? In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the... Wow. Wow. And some of you say you can't memorize scripture. You see... If you can remember a silly song from over 20 years ago, do you think that these people would have been able to remember what they saw when a dead man walked out of the grave? You see, a dead man walks out of the grave, and that changes everything. See, the real question this morning isn't, did the resurrection happen? The, the real question is, did the res- has the resurrection happened in your life? Have you been able to experience a resurrection in your life, through the things that you go through. So let's walk through this verse by verse. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and uh, Salome, bought spices so they may go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Well, first, a a couple things here. We see that our women are meeting there to, to go and to... Uh, anoint Jesus with the spices. When Jesus was put away in the tomb, it was very close to sunset on that Friday. And so they had very little time to put him in the tomb. And so they didn't get to bury him properly. 
But isn't it interesting that some of the people that are closest to Jesus, what are they coming to do? They're coming to bury him properly. What does that tell you? Did they believe that Jesus was still going to be there? Yes, they did. Because they're bringing 75 pounds of spices to go and anoint the body uh, properly. They believed he was still going to be there. They didn't believe that he was going to be resurrected. These are people that are closest to Jesus. So if you ever have trouble in your faith, you ever have doubts in your faith, I want you to know that our God is big enough for your doubts. It's okay. Because the people that were closest to him, they struggle with believing it too. Because they weren't running to the tomb saying, I can't believe, I can't wait to see Jesus be gone. I can't wait to see him resurrected. No, they were going there to actually find the body. They were going there to actually anoint his body with all the spices so they could bury him properly. When they got there, they had a surprise, didn't they? When they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. They had been discussing with one another how they get to get this big stone rolled away. Well, when they got there, they realized they didn't have to worry about that at all. And they probably would have been panicked a little bit because they probably would have thought someone stole the body. I mean, what's going on here? We were supposed to be the ones that buried him properly. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the, on the right side, and they were alarmed. <laughs> the actual Greek word for alarmed actually means that they were shocked to their core. I mean, they were unbelievably surprised, and Mark doesn't really say it here, but we can assume that it was supernatural, that this was some angelic form standing there because they were very, very surprised. They were very, very shocked. And this young man says, don't be alarmed. He said, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I mean, can you imagine what the women's reaction would have been at that moment? They would have been so shocked. They would have been so alarmed. They weren't expecting this. They weren't expecting that he would have actually have risen from the dead, but, but there he is. And the man tells them to go and to, to tell. But what they did is this, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I mean, can you just imagine the conversations that were going on between them? I mean, here they are. They're going to, to anoint him properly for the burial. And the body is gone. And they just see this angelic figure telling them to go and tell people. And they leave in fear and trembling. They're not telling anyone. Because you can just imagine them saying, what are people going to say? What are people going to believe? Maybe people are going to think that we stole the body. Maybe people are going to think that we did something wrong and they were afraid to share about the hope that they saw in the resurrection. And sometimes that can be us too, right? We know that the power of the resurrection is true in our life. We know we've seen God move in our life, but sometimes we're afraid to share. Sometimes we're afraid to tell. Sometimes we're, we're afraid of what people are going to say, what people are going to think. But there are people all throughout our community, 
And maybe some that are sitting in this very room right now, they, they, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in the resurrection. And because they don't believe in the resurrection, because they don't believe in what Jesus has done, the Bible says that they are stuck in their sins. All the ways that we mess up, all the ways that we fall short, all the ways that we think thoughts that don't honor God, all the ways that we do actions that don't honor God, like sticking your hand out the window when someone cuts you off when they don't yield. See, all of those things that we do wrong, if we don't have Jesus, then we have to answer for each and every one of them. And the Bible is very clear that if we don't have Christ, that we will spend eternity away from God in hell. But a dead man walks out of the grave, and that changes everything. Because Jesus came on this earth. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins, past, present, and future. And then he rose from the dead. And if we believe in him, we can have hope and joy and eternal life. Would you put your faith and trust in Jesus? If you've never done that before, I beg you to do it. It's the best decision that you'll ever make. All you have to do is tell God, hey, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've messed up. I'm sick and tired of doing things on my own. And I want to trust in you. If you do that this morning, if you need help doing that, come and see the prayer team or see me after the service. Or you can do it right where you're seated and just tell Jesus that you want him to be your Lord and Savior. If you do that, mark it on your card. We were absolutely blown away at the Christmas service and what happened and God, God moving in the lives of people that you invited and maybe many of the lives of people that are here right now. We have been meeting every week at this campus for almost eight years, every week, and we've never seen anything like this ever. And the three services over Christmas uh, weekend, we saw 45 people profess faith in Christ. And so it was awesome. It'll, it'll take too long to put these all on here, so I'll just put a few on there and we'll get the rest of them. If you're new here and you're wondering what I'm doing, we put life rings on for all the people that profess faith in Christ because we believe that they've been rescued, that a dead man walks out of the grave and that changes everything in their life. And that's what happened with, with these women here is that they were fearful and they were trembling and they said nothing to anyone, but then they changed their mind. They started telling people because they believed that it was something to rejoice in. And that's the action step uh, for this morning is for you to rejoice. See, Jesus said to his disciples, he says to us that he will be with us always. And so we have hope in the resurrected one. If you have hope in the resurrected one, you should rejoice because it gives you a solid place to stand in your life. I mean, I have a, a, a case here of, of books. If I stand on that, you know what happens? It holds me because it's a firm foundation. You know what happens when you have eggs and you stand on that? You know what happens? Yeah, not a firm foundation. See, what happens is in our lives, and maybe this is you, and this was me for many, many years, is that I had a foundation that was based on myself, that was based on my own truth, was based on things that I believe and I like. And see, that's the problem with our culture today, as I hear from so many people, this is what I believe, this is what I believe, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and we base our truths around what we believe and what we like and don't like, instead of basing our truth on what reality is. 
And reality is, is that we have a risen Savior who wants to give you a firm place to stand. You know, the the famous theologian N.T. Wright, he said that there were many movements uh, at the time of, of Christ, many people that claimed to be God. There were many people that said that, that when, uh, when they uh, were going to lead the people, that they would be the Savior, they would be the ones that redeemed. And you know what happened when those people that claimed to be God died? You know what happened to their movement? It died too. Those movements, those false gods, those people that said that they were Savior, those false saviors, their movements died too. But when Jesus' movement of him saying that he was the Savior, him saying that he was the Son of God, do you know what happened when he died? The movement took off. And you are proof of that. Over 2,000 years later, here we are gathered together because a dead man walked out of the grave and that changes everything. And so we have a firm foundation to stand on. That we're not standing on something that's going to easily crumble. We have the firm foundation of Christ. And because of that, we should rejoice. Christy and I have a uh, couples devotional that we read often. It's called Moments Together for Couples. 365 uh, daily devotionals. And I wish I could tell you that we do it each and every night because we're the pastor and pastor's wife. But we don't do it every night, but we do do it some nights. And I want to read you this entry that we recently read in closing. What gives a widow courage as she stands beside a fresh grave? What is the ultimate hope of the cripple, the amputee, the abused, or the burn victim? How can parents of a brain damaged or physically handicapped child keep from living their entire lives totally and completely depressed? Why would anyone who is blind or deaf or paralyzed be encouraged when he or she thinks of the life beyond? Where do, you, where do the thoughts of a young lady go when they finally recover uh, from a young couple when they finally recover from the grief of losing their baby? When a family receives the tragic news that a little daughter was found dead or the dad was killed in a plane crash or the son overdosed on drugs, what single truth becomes its whole focus? What is the final answer to pain, mourning, insanity, terminal illnesses, sudden calamities, and fatal accidents? The answer to each one of these questions is the hope that God gives us because of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of what he offers to all those who believe. That is what gives us courage in the midst of sorrow. That's what gives us hope in the midst of pain. That's what increases our joy in the most joyous times. See, we should rejoice. I know many of you are going through really difficult things. I hear about some of them. I know many of you are struggling deeply with hurts and hang-ups and, and habits in your life. But I want you to know that you're not in a prison forever. You can be set free. And the way that you can be set free is not by your own efforts. All the things that you struggle with, you're not going to be able to escape those things on your own. You can't do it. Just stop trying to do it. You need to give it up. You need to give it up to Jesus. Because he was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead, that changes everything. And it's not just a theory. It's not just something that we talk about. 
It's something that actually happened. It's something that we can actually take a hold of. It's a firm foundation that we can stand on. See, a dead man walked out of the grave, and that changes everything. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful to hear so many stories about how the resurrection of your son Jesus has changed us. Well, I'm so thankful that it's changed the course of Caitlin's life. I'm so grateful it's changed the course of my life. I'm so grateful it's changed the course of my family's life. And I'm so grateful it's changed the course of so many people in this congregation because of their belief in you. And we are believing, we are standing and believing on the firm foundation of Christ that we're going to see more and more revival in this community, that more and more people are going to run to you because of the hope of the resurrection. We have nothing to offer you. You have it all to offer us in what you've done in your life, in your death, in your resurrection. Lord, help us to be a people that rejoice so much that people ask, why are you rejoicing? And help us to be bold to tell people it's because a dead man walked out of the grave and that changed everything. In Jesus' name, amen.